0: Welcome to ATL Day Ones with Jarvis and Tanitra coming up on today's show. <sighs> Thank you, Bryce Elder.
1: Not sure if we'll see nine tomorrow night against the Steelers, but if you don't, have you seen enough?
0: And last but not least, and for the culture, mission complete. It's all coming up next. ATL Day Ones. Let's go.
1: This is ATL Day Ones, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. And it starts
0: now. I want to start by saying thank you for making ATL Day Ones your first listen of the day. Remember, we are free and available wherever you download your podcast and wherever you download your podcast. Make sure that you leave us a five-star review. Really appreciate that from you in advance. ATL Day Ones is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team. Every day, coming up in 10 minutes, will he or won't he? Number nine. Yes, we're talking about Desmond Ritter. We'll talk about that. But first, we have to get into the Atlanta Braves T last night. By the way, welcome back. Yes, she is back, y'all. For those who are listening on the uh, audio platform, T is back <laughs> and her mission is complete. We'll talk about that in For the Culture. So make sure you guys stick around for that. She got a lot of good stuff. So you kind of tell you about what went down. In the motherland. So, but the Braves T, they actually got it done. Three to two. Bryce Elder, five and a third innings, you know, only 90 pitches. He was pretty efficient. I don't know about you, but when I saw um Brian Snicker walking out to the mound, I was like, okay, what the heck is going on? And why are you taking them out? But ultimately, and then, you know, my concerns started to go up a little bit more when Pierce Johnson gave up that that, that two-run home run to Mr. Big Back. <laughs> I call him Big Back. My name is, I know his name is Vogelback, people. I call him Big Back. When Big Back hit that home run, I was just like, all right, okay, snip. But but, but thankfully, Rasiel Iglesias closed the door T and the Braves got the dub.
1: Yeah, Iglesias has been quietly locked. Lights out for a few weeks now, so he's been Absolutely. a little bit more of a guy that we can depend on as opposed to a guy that makes us shake in our boots when we see him approaching <laughs> the mound late, so that's yes. good. And also good to see Bryce Elder continue to be back on track because now we're talking about a couple solid outings from him, and that's a good look because you never know if you have, you know, the slew of bad outings and then one outing you're like, okay, is he back to normal or are we going to really, really kind of see this up and down continue. To me, it's important because another stat that I thought was really, really cool is there are only 29 pitchers in all of Major League Baseball who have double-digit wins, and not one, not two, but three of them are with the Braves, Bryce Elder being one of them, of course, Mr. Schreider with 14, Charlie Morton 12, and of course he'll take over tonight, and then you have Elder with his 10. The reason I mention that, Jarvis, is because we have really, really been unnerved Probably for the better part of a month, really, since the All-Star break. So, yeah, you kind of say a little bit over a month as to what we've seen from the Braves, especially in that starting rotation. So now to think that those guys are three out of, you know, you have essentially five slots and you have three of your starters with double digit wins. And these are quality wins, too. And these are wins that are starting to pile up in the last few weeks, feeling just a little bit more confident. Like this is the perfect time for Bryce Elder to reestablish his stride.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of stride, Spencer Strider has been doing his doggone thing as well. And we talked about how we're concerned about this starting rotation and how, you know, Max Freed has kind of been up and down. You know, he's looking the Mac. he looked immaculate and he's had some some shaky innings, you know, from here from time to time. So they have Spencer Strider back on track. We we like what we see in him. And then Bryce Elder getting right against the Yankees, you know, and And getting the rights right against the Mets. I guess we need to just start playing New York teams all the time, T. like. (laughs)
1: Unfortunately, one of those is my favorite team. But hey, look, if I've got to choose between the Braves and the Yankees at this juncture, I want Braves, Braves and all Braves because they're the ones with every opportunity to get it done down the road. And, you know. Not that we're not looking at the Dodgers, right? Or the Braves aren't looking right. at the Dodgers. And not that they're not looking at some of their more fierce competitors who are starting to catch steam at the end of the season as well. But they're also taking a sneak peek at the contenders over in the AL, right? And yeah. a lot of folks felt like the Rangers made some quality moves at the trade deadline, at, you know, right, right around All-Star break. Well, they've lost, what, six in a row? Yeah, Six in a row. So when you start seeing them kind of skid and you look at the Braves and they had a little bit of a skid themselves, at least things are starting to balance out. But, yeah, I really, really like that. And and I think the other piece there, too, is something that Orlando um, Arcia mentioned. I'm sorry, Eddie Rosario. Eddie Rosario mm-hmm. mentioned this last night. And you got to love what he said. Yeah, he said tonight it was my night. And that was after him coming off an off day for game one of the series. So he says, yeah, it's my night tonight. Marcel Ozuna, it was his night tonight. And we've been back doing our thing, which is great. I think 26 and 27 home runs respectively. But the thing he said that I thought was most important is it really doesn't matter which night it is because up and down this order, anybody can get it done. And when you start seeing that, now we're talking about them rocking on all cylinders. And I think Rosario had a really nice play in the outfield as well. So always like them show the defensive team that they can be.
0: Yeah, you know, and we and we know how when you have the the Braves on all cylinders, like humming defensively on the mound at the plate, it, this is a hard team to stop. To you, I, I just can see that. And and speaking of uh, be on the mound. Charlie Morton will be on the mound, and I, I think that you know this was kind. Of, this is kind of like the, the three prong, you know, concern, right? We talk about Charlie Morton, um, Spencer Strider. And Bryce Elder, um, you know, Ma- uh, Max Free, you know, we know we know what he brings to the table as far as that number one um, pitcher or ace in, the, in his rotation. But I think that Charlie Morton can ease our concerns a little bit more if he gives us a good show on tonight against the Mets to close out the series against Jose Quintana.
1: I hope so as well. I think that again, he's one who for a few weeks there. Everybody was wondering whether or not that 39 was finally catching up with him. I was one
0: of
1: them. I mean, yeah, Yeah. it really looked like, uh uh-oh, he's going to run out of steam. And all of a sudden, he just kind of found his footing again, and we just kind of hope that he keeps his footing. But if there's any team that you want to get your footing on and a team that you know you can, it's the Mets because you own them. I mean, if you win tonight, you literally have won – Sixteen of the last twenty games, of course, dating back to last season, against him So, yeah, hopefully Charlie Morton will have a solid night. But yeah, I would hedge a bet on the Braves against a New York team these days in a heartbeat.
0: T, you talk about sixteen or twenty? Can you think of like that's like pure domination? Like going back to last year, because you know the Braves erased that what ten game uh a lead in the NL East last year, and. You know, and came down to the wire, and the Braves were able to complete that. They were able to do that because they start kicking the Mets behind like they're supposed to be. So when you think about that, though, like NFL, Major League Baseball, can you think of like pure dominance? Like you know that 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 you've seen that a team has just kind of just takes over whenever they play against each other. It just it's just automatic W.
1: Right. And they're in your head. The uh, yes. funny thing <laughs> is, when I think MLB, I'm like, oh, well, we could just check down the rest of the East Because other than the Phillies, I mean, the Braves kind of chin check and make everybody have a little twitch. Marlon oh, yeah, that's the your top side of, of that list. Mm-hmm. Right. So I started yes. there, and then my mind went, I'm going to go a little bit old school. But from an NFL perspective, the Patriots have the Colts on, on skates for a oh,
0: long oh. Wow just nightmares
1: it was it was nightmares yeah being (laughs) a a big manning (laughs) or manning fan literally i was like oh my god like baby brother can get him twice the with you know eli manning and the giants but big bro is on the struggle bus against these patriots so i think that was one and then taking you even further back than that people forget that the pistons had Michael Jordan's number. I'm not saying they always oh, did it in a clean way. That's a
0: nice thing. They always yeah. did it in the clean I mean, way. They, they did, did the it within third. the rules right at the time. They did right it right. Exactly. Kind of. Maybe. Not, yeah,
1: I was going to say stretch <laughs> yeah. on, that, on the <laughs> rule <laughs> piece, but I mean, yeah. But yeah, the Pistons <laughs> definitely had the Bulls number until they didn't. So yeah, those are kind of some of the, the, the teams I think of. But to your point, Jarvis, even looking at that, it's still uh, – other than the Patriots, right – it's mm-hmm. still amazing what the Braves are able to do because or have been because this will now be what the sixth or seventh. I think it's the, the seventh, to be honest, but like the seventh straight season where they've won the season series.
0: Yeah, dominance. yeah, yeah, like pure dominance, just pure dominance. It is the best team in Major League Baseball. Yes, I will continue to say it. I know T will say it, and we thank you guys for making ATL Day One's your first listen of the day. But guess what, guys? Now it's time to tell you about. Fanduel, Fanduel, it is the number one sportsbook in America, and guess what? They are the number one person that brings ATL day ones to you. Fanduel, yes, they are the people. So guess what? Football season is right around the corner, guys. It is, it's coming down. is come down to an end. So I need you guys to make your picks. What pick you need to make, Jarvis? I need you to make your pick of who's going to win the Super Bowl. Because guess what? For every win that team that you pick. To afford the Super Bowl, you're going to get bonus bets. What are bonus bets, Jarvis? Bonus bets are what you can bet on the money line, you know, the over-unders, the first-team touchdown score, all of this stuff. They got all this stuff right there waiting just for you. Fandu.com slash on. And plus, you don't have to worry about anybody getting all your information. This app is super, super safe. It's secure, super easy to use. You don't have to get all of the instructions or anything like that. It's right there for you just to win some money so go ahead and mess with the best uh the best sports book in america fanduel and go to the website fanduel.com locked on that's fanduel.com locked on fanduel is the official sportsbook betting partner of the national football league
1: yes fanduel is in the building but we're not sure if desmond ritter will be on the field in the building yes on the field yes, yes he'll be not there quite. But I will tell you, Jarvis, I am super excited about tomorrow night's game because, of course, the first preseason game was in Miami, so we weren't able to cover it. I was, of course, in the motherland, so I could not cover yes. the second preseason Absolutely. game for the Falcons. Yes. But I'm really interested to see, even if Desmond Ritter does not take the field tomorrow, for me, even getting a sneak peek at who might be the second stringers, if you will, because you know how the season goes and their injuries injuries. That come up you want to see what that second layer looks like like especially because the falcons went after so much depth this season to ensure that they could account for injuries so i'm really excited about having a chance to see them tomorrow although you know there's a black and yellow team on the other side but i'm still excited <laughs> by checking out the falcons <laughs> yes. for whoever yes. gets on the field tomorrow <laughs> now again we don't know if desmond ritter will or he won't i would say jarvis i think our bet would probably be hedged on he will not Absolutely. That said, yep. have we all seen enough in another short or small sample size, right? Like we talked about the four games last year, now the two preseason games this year. Have we seen enough in the two preseason games to say, you know what? Nine is ready to go.
0: I don't think so. I mean, just this is just my personal gut stomach feeling, right? Because and you saw it up
1: front a, last week. Right. So yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. So so my thing, my thing about that is is just the fact that. You know, I kind of look at somebody that's, like, comparable to, to um, um, Desmond Ritter. and I started looking at some numbers. I looked at uh, – I found Sam Howe, Sam Howe for the Washington Commanders, right? You know that, you know, Eric B. is is now the offensive coordinator over there, so he's running things. So there's some kind of new system, maybe some new verbiage that he needs to get. So – and he was a guy that played in three games last year, but he only started one. So he started both preseason games and has gotten some, some good work. So I mm-hmm. feel like – the commanders going into their last game more than likely may or may not play. And if I was covering the commanders, i feel okay. But when you talk about maybe, what, 17 plays in, in, in that opening, one drive, like I want to see. I understand he's been in the system. He had four games in, his, in Arthur Smith's system last year, but it's different personnel this year. We've had plenty of conversations about the that, that that is this roster in 2023 versus last year. So yeah. it's, it's miles apart. So I want to see what nine looks like, multiple series mm-hmm. in, in, uh, against, you know, uh, competition, against live ball competition. I understand they talked about the, the whole practice, joint practice stuff and all that. Yeah, okay, that's fine, coach. But I, in order for me to feel comfortable and to say, like, okay, I feel like nine is ready, mm-hmm. I need to be able – I need to see more. I need to see – more and I'm more than likely, like you mentioned when we started. I know that more than likely he's not going to play, but I would like to see him throw some more passes to Kyle Pitts, like the one that he threw to him in that on the p- little drag route, kind of a little behind him a little bit, you know. You know? So, I just want to see them build that rapport because we talked about how important that, that rapport with between he and Kyle Pitts is going to be this year in order for this offense to go. We understand where Drake London is, we understand that connection that looked really good. Like I'm okay with that connection, but I wanna see that cow pits. I wanna see that nine to eight, I wanna see that thing try to get a little bit more, you know, uh, 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 experience with each other out there against a competition that doesn't have the same jersey they have on.
1: And I think you could make an argument and I think you kind of did in both directions, because on the one hand, you're right. I think he, for those who believe that he'd be good to go, it would be because of the sample size that they saw in his connection to Drake London. So the nine to five is a good look. And if for some reason Ritter's not quite where he needs to be, then London is probably going to kind of make up for that, for lack of a better term. So I think we're all pretty confident about that. But I also think you make a great point about maybe not seeing enough from nine to eight because that's really the question mark. Like if, if the Falcons are going to be an elite offense, it's not just going to be about what happens on the ground, which we'll talk about in a second. I want to throw something your way. But mm-hmm. it's also about whether or not the connectivity in the passing game, outside of pass catchers out of the backfield if in the passing game Drake excuse me Desmond Ritter can be effective with someone not named Drake London and that goes to Kyle Pitts Mac Hollins Scotty Miller that just that whole receiving room if you will yeah, so run down
0: I, the laundry list right yeah, the grocery exactly. list of, of like, uh, weapons yeah, <laughs> because you, you
1: honestly never know who's gonna line up at what point and you never know about injuries don't get me wrong I know you can't account for every scenario but yeah a few more reps might help you to account for making creating chemistry with those others and taylor heineke made a, a really fun uh funny comment or interesting comment and then of course arthur smith made the funny comment back but taylor heineke said how complicated at these you know passing schemes are and how long some of them are and of course you know, Arthur Smith said, don't let his looks fool you. He can actually catch up. He can get it done, but he's it, a smart guy. <laughs> right. And Drake London also said he feels confident that the plays that they could not implement last year, more of those are being implemented this year. So I think it really depends. Are you thinking about it from Taylor Heineke's perspective and maybe thinking, ah, he probably needs a little bit more reps with some of these newer schemes or are you thinking about it from Drake London's perspective? They're adding new schemes because they feel confident that Desmond Ritter can get it done. Now, the other guy I wanted to ask you about, and I know this is kind of off the beaten path of what we talked about before, but Mm -hmm. here's another guy who we would love to see come Thursday night, but not really sure we'll see him. But I'll ask you again, have you seen enough, especially from Bijan Robinson, pass catcher, but have you seen enough from him overall to say, oh, yeah, he's ready from snap one on September 10th?
0: oh, yeah, I don't, I don't, they, they, can, they can wrap him up in bubble wrap tomorrow night for all I care you <laughs> because, you know, I don't need to see him mean, because he's a running back. Like right. we, we, and that's we, why we I said the stay,
1: pass catcher you know? side of
0: him. <laughs> yeah, he's a running back. And then, you know, from a pass catcher standpoint, like, yeah, he made the behind the back, uh, you know, uh, uh, catch, you know, from Desmond Ritter, like, and took that, that bad boy up, skied up, like made the guy miss, like, that's – it's nothing for him. Like And just to hear him kind of talk yeah. about, like, hey, I haven't been on the field – in a uh, competitive way since November of last year, so like right. for him to kind of see, okay, I got my bearings together a little bit. You know, I got the mustard drop in, You know, everybody mm-hmm. cool about the mustard, right. tripping about the right. mustard, every right. commercial and everything. So it's just for be able, for him to be able to get out in the field and see. Like I've seen enough. Like yeah. okay, this I've seen it in practice. I'm like, all right, this cat is the real deal. Got a chance to meet him. He's a real he's a real dude, cool cat. Now seeing him get uh, guys with a. Uh, against competition in live ball action, like, I've seen enough. I'm cool yeah. on that. I'm, I'm cool there, on seeing Bijan.
1: Right. Is there anyone else whom you probably figure, eh, I'm probably not going to see him tomorrow night, but if you could get another crack at seeing him, who would that person be? Who would that player be?
0: Wow. Oh, my goodness. <sighs> it would probably be – I, I really like what I saw from Calais Campbell coming off the edge. like Because, you know, I've, for me, like, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like a defensive lineman. Okay, you get up in that age, you defensive end early on in your career. You get up in age, you slide down to D tackle, add a little life to you, to your game or whatever, a couple more extra more years playing down inside. But mm-hmm. he looked good at defensive end. I, I really like that combination. And then, you know, with, with him combined with uh, Bud Dupree, I would, love, I would love to see that combination if I could add his name in there as well. So yeah, I would love to yeah. see a combination of Calais Campbell and Bud Dupree, although it might not happen, but I like what I'm seeing from that, those two because Calais Campbell just missed a sack tee. So yeah. like, the more opportunities for me to see guys put the opposing quarterback on the ground, like the better. For me
1: too. Yeah, I agree. And I'm gonna go and co-sign on Calais Campbell because I just haven't had the good fortune of seeing him in preseason. So it would be nice if we got a sneak peek tomorrow. But if not, he is someone whom I'm excited to see what he can bring to the table for the Falcons. Because I'll tell you this piece, and then I know we got to move on, but there was some interesting commentary that came out of Philly, believe it or mm-hmm. not. Uh, in the last couple of days, they were talking about Jalen Carter and Man, basically, they're a version
0: of a unicorn, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Preach to the to yeah, ask what
0: scripture to go to. <laughs> yeah,
1: exactly. I think Falcons fans were starting to get triggered again, right? As they had, you know, Bijan had done his thing last Told week. you yes. Uh, yes.
0: Right. And everybody was excited, like,
1: ooh. You know, like you said, catching it behind the back, Bijan, boy, oh, boy. And then all of a sudden you start hearing commentary from Darius Slay and all these other guys from Philly. The reason that I point Man that played out.
0: Two snaps T.
1: Two right. snaps. And they're like, two snaps. Everybody lost their mind. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they're looking like, like 12 year olds. Like they had played the game and they're pro bowlers themselves. Right. The reason I mention that is because that also is why I'm excited mm-hmm. to see what Calais Campbell can do. And this entirety of the pass rush for the Falcons, because mm-hmm. just like, Trey Young and Luka Doncic. I think this Bijan Jalen thing ain't going away anytime <sighs> soon. Nah, so it, it's,
0: it's just beginning. It's just yeah. starting. Yes. Just
1: a thought. Yeah. So it's something you and I are going to continue to kind of postulate and ponder on for the remainder of the season because it oh, does make you kind of think make shit think. But anyway, guys, what do you guys think? (laughs) Who is it that you want to see? Wish list, of course, because it's probably going to be the backups and the guys who are looking to make the team, the final roster. But if you could get a guy, who would it be? Who would you want to see tomorrow night? Let us know. Drop us a comment like you always do in our YouTube chat. We appreciate you guys continuing to rock with ATL Day Ones. And of course, don't forget to download us wherever you get your podcasts.
0: But T, this is for the culture. It is the intersection between sports, entertainment, the culture, and sometimes whatever the hell we want to talk about, because that's just how we get down on the show. Today is no different. So, you know, for all you for those you don't know, if you missed the episode, please go catch up because you know Tanitra has been out of town, out of the country, excuse me. Let me stop, you know, you know, minimizing stuff around here. Um, she's been out of the country on a mission trip, T. And when you talk about taking that trip to the motherland. I've never I've never gone, but it is on my list to get over there. And for the type of work that you've been doing, and I even kind of got a little bit into this about, you know, just the type of person you are and just like, you're amazing. Uh, but for for you to be going on a mission trip to Africa, it's just so fitting. So, you know, what were some of your, your immediate takeaways when you first got over there?
1: Yeah, you know, and even taking a step back because you have to do so much prep to go out of the country as far as vaccinations and uh, paperwork. (laughs) Yeah, it was crazy because I've been to Canada, I've been to Jamaica, but I've never been overseas as in across the pond. No, and that was a lot. So once we got all of that kind of squared away, it was kind of cool because there were four of us from Atlanta, six from Tampa, and you know the world always gets smaller because, of course, we know people. Shout out to my girl Tiffany Green because her church, her pastor was on a mission trip. Man, wow. I got a world, yeah, like that the world. Yeah, that's so crazy. Is <laughs> well, right? Like, how? What are the chances? And another one of the pastors, of um, he he pastors a church that I visited and kind of frequented when I w- worked in Tampa. So yeah, world is again very very small. But yeah, we we get there, we touch down, and. When you want to talk about at the motherland, I feel like you know Beyonce kind of got me ready when I went to see okay. her Friday night before my trip. Motherland yes, trip, I heard about that. I saw
0: that, saw those pictures. Yes. yes. Was so
1: you know when we got there, it was literally driving us Atlanta to Doha. So we go, okay. you know, cut our Airways. Boy, tell you it's fun. But anyway, Doha yeah. to Addis Ababa, then okay. Addis Ababa to Jinka, and all of that was yeah. And then you had to drive another four and a half hours to get to the village
0: oh wow yeah Yeah. so that's
1: that's the starting point but then when we got there it was amazing because we got to see for the sponsorship that we do which is at 1300 uh children and counting for my church Mm -hmm. we got to see where that money actually goes so this process allows you like I didn't choose my kid my kid chose me so kids see all the pictures in Africa and they're like I think that'll be my sponsor so it's kind of cool because I looked at the kid And one of my hosts there said, you do know you look like us, right? You do know these Ethiopians are going to start talking to you in their native language because you look like us. And they did. And I was like, no, no.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) I got to check out. Yeah, I'm like, I might have to go trace some roots.
1: But anyway, long story short, what an amazing thing to see that for the little amount that we sacrifice each month for each of us who are sponsors to see a a well that was dug 200 meters down, took two years to dig that. But that gets 10,000 people in Africa clean water. Um, We were able to get them a lot of the students, a lot of the educational tools that they need so that they can continue to advance their education. And some of them are walking hours a day to be able to go to school. So it's powerful to be able to see that as well. And of course, wouldn't be me if I wasn't playing sports. So I got to see the little kids, the World Vision soccer team, hit a goal with them. That was pretty darn cool. Oh, nice. One of the kids, she wants to be a physician. You already know. I stood up and acted all the way out for Xavier. I gave her my backpack off my back and gave her all oh, my nice. information and said, oh, yes. if you want to come here for school, oh, we'll get you here. So it was just mm-hmm. a powerful experience overall just to be able to bless people because, and I, and I'll say this, Jarvis, and then I'll wrap up. I'm not one of those people who come, came back and I was like, "Oh god, we're so blessed and god, you just do so much." No, I was already that person. So, mm, it dude. didn't necessarily affect me that way, but mm. it did make me say maybe more of like thank you for being able to affect them so that they can live a little bit more of a quality life like we do. So,
0: yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So many things that we take for granted, like like running water, like on, clean water. <laughs> clean running clean water, like something we take for granted, you know, and, you know, each and every day. But yeah, you know, to be able to provide that for them, ten thousand people, man, that is absolutely awesome. I mean, if you guys, you know, want more information, you know, hit up. you know, she might respond. Yeah. You know, I ain't gonna guarantee, but you know, she'll if she'll, you she'll go to she'll, Instagram. She'll, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah.
1: Give give that a follow and I'll probably respond to a DM faster than anything else. So yes, you can absolutely. see some great pictures and some great videos just to kind of bring it alive for you, too. But anyway, guys, you know what we want to bring alive tomorrow? <laughs> Another opportunity to talk about the Braves beating the Mets, because, hey, yes. we do get a little petty over here, even though we're good people. We like to be a little petty as well, so we want to talk about that. Of course, we're going to talk a little bit about the game and what we're looking for in the final preseason game because, of course, Jarvis Nye will be covering Falcons, Steelers, and anything else that comes out of the landscape of Atlanta sports, you can check it out right here tomorrow on ATL Day Ones.
0: And if you don't do anything else in your life after what we just talked about, you better make sure you share love, show love, and most importantly, spray love.